it out of the box. What a 2 2 game. Throw check. Out for Lafreniere. Saved by Husso. Easy score. Averaging 10 and 9 on the season. from Shifley and Connor at 13.57 of the third. Speaking of Connor, here's McDavid, Bateman, shoots and scores! He's done it again! Coast to coast, and this game is tied! Sports Radio is back in the Edmonton area. This is Sports 1440 and the Kevin Carius Show. Saul 62 for November the 30th. Man, where did the month of November go? We've been at this three months already at Sports 1440. It feels like uh, it just started yesterday in one sense, and it feels like, you know, we've been at it a long, long time. But uh, I want to thank you for being with us once again. Uh, today, the Oilers in Winnipeg. Last game between a little five-day break. being So the Oilers will have uh, some time off before a homestand that starts uh, next Wednesday. So nothing to save it for tonight, as they always say. The Oilers come in 8-12-1. The Jets 12-7-2. Uh, the Jets, of course, beat the Oilers 3-2 in overtime back on October 21st. Uh, Mark Shifley had the game winner in overtime. Connor Hellebeck had a pretty solid game with 38 saves. Um So we'll see what the Oilers can do tonight. Uh, Zach Hyman did make the trip to uh, Winnipeg, in case you're uh, wondering about that. Of course, Hyman missed uh, the game. Uh, The last game, the Oilers had uh, the 5-4 win over Vegas uh, in the uh, shootout that Hyman missed. And then, you know, all the dominoes kind of fell into place, didn't they? You know, Matthias Janmark had to come in on the top line. He performed just fine, had a goal, and was very solid on the penalty kill. Uh, Because of that uh, domino effect, uh, Sam Gagne had to draw in late. He wasn't sure exactly... If he knew and when he knew he was going to play, but ended up uh, getting a text from Zach Hyman around 4.30, 5 o'clock and said, yeah, not feeling too good. You better be ready to rock and roll. So uh, Gagne comes in, scores the game's first goal. So uh, we'll see if Sam Gagne has to play again tonight if he uh, is needed because of illness or whatever. But remember, Sam Gagne played some time in Winnipeg, played his 1,000th career NHL game with the Jets. So uh, we'll be talking to Jamie Thomas at 720. The Winnipeg Jets, of course, old JT used to work in this market for several years with uh, uh, in television and uh, other mediums. Uh, salt of the earth uh, kind of guy, Jamie Thomas is. So looking forward to catching up with, a, with an old guy that used to work here in town So and, a, and an old friend. So Jamie Thomas will be with us at 720 uh, to tee this one up. Text line is open, 1-833-401-1440. Uh, you know, Duke, I was thinking, because I always say to you, as we welcome in the Duke of Douglas, remember this, Duke, and it's 99% of the time, it's either before you were born or you're, it's, it's way too far back for you to remember because I'm such an old codger. Mm-hmm. But does the 2021 Stanley Cup playoffs, the Jets and the Oilers played in 2021, do they seem to... To you, do they feel like they're, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago? Does it feel like it's that long ago to you? Just, uh, you know, COVID and everything, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. It does seem much longer ago. And I think part of it is because Oilers fans in particular 
have the last two uh, playoff runs, uh, albeit last year's a somewhat mm-hmm. brief one, kind of more in the memory, I guess, more uh, and it, it, because they have been more recent, but also because that those were the two years where the Oilers kind of had expectations. That year against the Jets, it was like, all right, we're kind of starting to, to get yeah. up towards that point. So it's not as prevalent, I guess, maybe in our memories, and that's why it seems so much longer ago than it actually is, whereas those series... Um, uh, the, yeah, the, the Calgary run, the run, and all Cal, that. Yeah. Cal, Calgary yeah. and L.A. and Colorado, Colorado and then uh, L.A. and um, Vegas last year. I, I, I could see how it seems longer away because I have the same effect. Yeah. It seems like it was a lifetime ago already. I mean, and it was it was COVID and you had, you know, the games without the fans and uh, the masks and, and, and everything. And, and that series, I mean, the, the, the Winnipeg Jets swept the orders four straight, but... I mean, all the games were were really close. The first game, I think, it was four one, but it had two empty net goals. The last game was triple overtime. Kyle Connor scored uh, triple overtime. Game four was uh, a triple overtimer. Excuse me. So you know, it just feels like an eternity ago. And then when you think of the history, now we can go back, Duke, to the yesteryear and how the Oilers always seem to dominate Winnipeg in all the series. And you know, they were down three one and. 1990 come back and win four games to three so just a long time ago but I, I was just thinking to to myself last night that the uh, 2021 playoff uh, series with Winnipeg feels like an eternity and ago and again the Duke is probably right you know in the series uh, the the season when you know the Oilers played the Kings and the the Flames and and Colorado and then you know last year with the LA and, and Vegas more recent uh, recent memory. Uh, Winnipeg Jets have been playing pretty well defensively and for good reason. They have one of the top goaltenders in the league in Connor Hellebuck. Uh, but the Jets have allowed three goals or less in 11 straight games. Uh, their last game was a 2 nothing loss to the Dallas Stars. So, you know, Winnipeg has, they're a deeper team as well. Bigger, heavier team. They have some guys up front that are, you know, Adam Lowry's a big, big player and a, a real strong two-way player, captain of the team now. And I remember we were talking to a lot of people earlier in the year when the Jets announced their captain and everyone went, well, it's, well, it's probably going to be Mark Shifley, could be Josh Morrissey. Uh, then they announced Adam Lowry. And, uh, man, we talked to guys like uh, uh, Mark Lamb. This was a great choice. You know, knew him from back in Swift Current days and, uh, Charlie Huddy had Charlie on, and we said, Charlie, what do you think of Adam Lowry being named captain? Oh, the great choice. That's the only choice. This is the guy that holds this team uh, together. And, you know, Adam Lowry, you, you know what's funny? When you look at the Jets' lines and you see where everyone shapes up, you can see you don't even have to look at the lines. You can look at the Jets' stats and see who's playing with whom. Because you got Appleton, Niederreiter, Lowry playing together for a lot of the time together. All of them are leading the team in plus minus. That's how well they're playing. That's the third line too. So obviously, you know, you got Connor and Shifley and and Perfetti and guys like that that and, and, and Ealers that that drive the bus offensively. But uh, for the most part, that is a very solid uh, defensive line and offensive. I mean, they're putting the puck in the net as well, and they can be um, they can they can force you to do things that you don't want to do uh, as far as line changes as far as line matches. So that would be another interesting uh, scenario to keep an eye on uh, today. Um, Winnipeg power play and penalty kill, that's the one thing that when you look at, when you when you do research and stuff and you're doing your prep work for, for games and if you're a, a play-by-play guy or a color guy, that's the one thing you kind of go, 
Wow, it's not making a whole lot of sense for a team that has a lot of high energy, high offensive, high octane players, and then some defensive guys that can shut things down as well. Jets power play, 18.3%, 21st in the league. Doesn't make a lot of sense. Penalty kill, 73-9, which is 27th in the league. Hmm, kind of goes... You're kind of going, well, this doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So uh, they're, they're, they're off to, a again, a 12-7 and start. And this is all with special teams really uh, not performing to the peak that uh, they would hope that uh, they are where, where they are. Uh, Thursday night football tonight. Duke, where are you off to this evening? I'm going to be at the Sherwood Park location of the Canadian Brew House. It'll be my first time heading out uh, to that side of the city this season. Uh, I haven't been out to the Sherwood Park location in a number of years. Used to go all the time after uh, some slow pitch games for some Wednesday night wings, which their wing special is mm-hmm. off the charts good if you've uh, never been on a Wednesday but uh, and some beer. But yeah, tonight, uh, big test for the Cowboys. Kind of people have They've been great, but people have been almost questioning them still a little bit because of the quality of their opponents for a lot of the season and their mm-hmm. couple losses against um, good, good teams, were good right? teams and and they kind of got their uh, their lunch fed to them a little bit. So the Seahawks, they're reeling. Uh, both these teams played uh, on Thanksgiving last week. Cowboys absolutely steamrolled the Commanders. The Seahawks got, got steamrolled by the Niners in the nightcap. So both teams with a lot to play for here. Seahawks still trying to cling on to some playoff life in that wild card race. So should make for a good one. I yeah. Once again, I say that it seems like there should be a good matchup here, but Thursday Night Football has its way of uh, doing things. But I always go in optimistic. Nonetheless, I'm looking uh, forward to a great night at the CBH. Monday night as well. Every time we've been going Thursday and Monday, man, oh, man, what's going on with these matchups? And it's just the way it's been going, and it's hard to explain. But hopefully tonight, as you say, uh, Seattle and Dallas will be a good one. The other thing, too, is there have been times over the course of uh, the years of NFL scheduling where a team that, uh, plays on Thanksgiving Day, you know, they'll play the Thursday night following, but the opponent would be coming off a Sunday game and people were not happy about uh, that, not happy about the advantage that one of those teams uh, would be getting. NHL last night was keeping an eye. I actually watched a fair bit of the Capitals and LA Kings game. I still have the Kings top top of the, top of the heap in uh, NHL power rankers, rankings. They lost last night 2-1. to one. Charlie Lindgren had... T- 38 saves for the Capitals, but 2-1 Washington over uh, the Kings on the West Coast. It was a late start. Probably didn't get going until about, you know, quarter to nine, our time. But uh, no goals for Alexander Ovechkin, so he still is uh, off to a slower start, I guess you could say. Other fans really keeping an eye on what's going down in Bakersfield, probably more so than ever these days. That's because Jack Campbell is down in uh, Baco. So Campbell made 39 saves last night. Uh, Bakersfield beat the Henderson Silver Knights by a score of 4-3 in a shootout. Raphael Lavoie tied the game with 49 seconds left. That sent the game to overtime where nothing was decided. Goes to a shootout. Campbell stops 5 of 6 in the shootout. And Henderson and Baco play to a 4-3 shootout win for the Condors. So uh, that's, you could say, probably three games in a row now that Campbell has been okay, maybe a little bit better than okay. He's had, uh, he had the 2 nothing shutout, gave up three goals on 33 shots in uh, the second game, and then last night, 39 saves. So hopefully things are trending in the right direction for Jack Campbell. 
Now, this weekend, Texas uh, pays a visit to Bakersfield. So it's a back-to-back situation. Friday, Saturday are, are the two games. So tomorrow and Saturday, back-to-back, Bakersfield and Texas. So likely, in all likelihood, you will see one game for Jack Campbell, and then you will see one game for Olivier Rodrigue. How the Oilers employ the possibility of bringing back Jack Campbell remains to be seen. Again, five days off after tonight's game with Winnipeg. Next home action is Carolina, and that happens on the 6th. So there are some days off in between where you could discuss the possibility of a recall. But again, you know, Stuart Skinner is going to play tonight. He's going to start tonight. Then you got five days off. Stuart Skinner's going to start on the 6th. There's no denying that. Then you got another day off between the next game. So, you know, you can probably ride Skinner here for a little bit. You know, you could probably ride Skinner for a fair bit in the next little while because just how the schedule shakes down. You know, Carolina and then Minnesota on the 8th. There's an afternoon game on the 10th. It's a Sunday. It's a 2 o'clock start against New Jersey. Now, could the Oilers look at something there? Or Chicago's here on the 12th. So where is Cal Pickard going to get a start? Or would it be Jack Campbell on a recall? Text coming in, one 1440 Stair Farmer doesn't like Jack Campbell at all. He's just kind of... I'll paraphrase for you, Stair Farmer. Uh, Campbell in the AHL doesn't equal uh, an NHL goalie. Never said that. Never, ever said that. But you got to start somewhere. If Jack Campbell can continue to play well in the American Hockey League... There's a possibility of a solution, a possibility, but he's got to get everything straightened out between the years. Technically, lots of work to do, a lot of work to do for Jack Campbell. As mentioned, we've got Jamie Thomas coming up at 720 uh, from the Winnipeg Jets and used to work here and NHL.com. So Winnipeg Jets, uh, I, you could call him a beat writer. He's he's just outstanding in his field, Jamie Thomas. Uh, Ladislav Schmid will uh, be our co-host, as he always is, uh, from 8 to 10. Uh, and then Mark Spector, Frank Cervelli, double barrel shotguns, our NHL insider, Spector from Sportsnet, Sarah Volley from the Daily Faceoff. Uh, looking forward to having Kevin Radomski. Hey, Duke, is Kevin coming in studio or is he on the horn? When I talked to Andrew last week, Kevin was going to come in studio. Um, I have not yet retouched base this morning to confirm that. Uh, but I think he wanted to come in and sit down with he you w- and Laddie. He wants to come see Laddie is what he wants well, to see. Well, that's always a nice bonus. The rad man. Right? Yeah. yeah, the rad man. He's, you know, he he's going full throttle. He's one of those guys that's either tied to the dock or full throttle. And uh, I would say he'd have probably half a dozen Red Bulls in him by the time. Just kidding. He's just like that normally. Uh, hey, day two of our ski report. That was fun yesterday, wasn't it, to have uh, Brian Road on. We talked about what was going on. You just rattled off those conditions. I was impressed, Duke. Well, like I, like I no. said to you uh, beforehand when you asked uh, if, when I was recording it if you wanted um, you and David to step out, step out, step out, <laughs> Schlemko, step out. Schlem, step out uh, so, I, so I could have some privacy to read it and record. And I said, believe it or not, Kevin, I do know how to read, so it's not a huge pressure, pressure situation Duke. for me. Live um, to tapes, anything, you know, <laughs> there's pressure. Uh, well, I, I appreciated the, the offer, 
But yeah, no, it's kind of the unofficial start to, to ski season here in Sports 1440. Yesterday, Snow Valley opening up this weekend. Um, all the mountain places are going, but yeah. uh, some it's pretty, exciting. pretty mild and mid conditions uh, right now. So if you are heading out, don't probably expecting too much in terms of uh, some sick pow <laughs> to shred. <laughs> Shred the gnar, as the as the kids say. But uh, I think it a, provides a good opportunity, maybe if you're not an experienced skier, if you wanted yeah. to go out to the mountains this weekend uh, with um, smaller crowds, kind of yeah. reduced fares and stuff, uh, and the conditions being pretty, uh, you know, early season type uh, situation. Right. It, it's a good chance to, to learn in a still a mountain setting. So I think so. And, you know, and Brian Road was great. There's so many things going on at Marmot Basin and in town here at Snow Valley. Just, again, the, the opportunity is there if you just want to, if you're a beginner, you're an elementary uh, entry-level skier, head out to Snow Valley. He- head out and you know, just get a taste of it, what it's like. That's the, you know, starting young, grassroots, those are the keys, again, in, in, in any sport. Uh, also at 1020, we'll have uh, Brady Henderson from ESPN.com to, uh, I guess, set up Seattle and Dallas uh, tonight, Thursday night football. Again, one of the, this is one of the few Thursday night games where you can go sort of looking forward to it. And, and again, because where we are proximity, we get a lot of Seattle Seahawks coverage in uh, this neck of the woods and Pete Carroll some people like him some people don't like him I think a lot of people are there are more people that don't like him would you say that Duke I almost think the narrative uh, on Pete Carroll's changed a little bit over the past because when he first came into the NFL uh, obviously a lot of success at the college level and he yeah. kind of has this um brash look to him by all accounts he's actually like he's a player's guy yeah. but you know the between Mon, uh, munching on the gum on the sidelines and he's can get a little fiery but I, I think the narrative's changed a little bit since the Seahawks yeah. have uh, moved on from Russell Wilson and now they're still competitive people thought they'd be a dumpster team without uh, Russ and they, they they they've been very good yeah. surprisingly with uh, with Geno Smith maybe exception of last week but <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah you know and he, he's not a young guy looks fantastic incredible shape he's running up and down the sidelines you know, he's exciting to watch. When we come back, Jamie Thomas, Winnipeg Jets analyst, uh, will guest with us on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. 7.22 in Edmonton. Time now for the Puck Report, brought to you by Fountain Tire right now during the Road Ready Sales event. You can save up to $225 on select tires and a bonus of $50 off any service until December the 16th. Book your appointment at FountainTire.com. Some restrictions do apply as we welcome in Jamie Thomas, Winnipeg Jets analyst to Sports 1440. Welcome to the program, JT. Buddy, how are you? Well, why the hell haven't you left this business yet? <laughs> I try, and it keeps sucking me in every time. It, so it's I don't like, know. Is it like one of those just reverse vortexes you can't get out of, or what? Yeah, yeah. Like I'm, like, I'm leaving for sure. I'm done. I'm getting out of this one. And oh, then you have man. to start telling people why. Why you know they say, "Hey, you come speak to our classes." <laughs> oh, for sure, no problem. It's a great business. You should totally waste all your money getting into it. But nobody can deal. <laughs> well, you know, we just our producer, uh, the Duke of Delbert, he went to his old alma mater at Nate to do a little discussion like that yesterday so I haven't yeah. talked to him about how, it. I don't, we'll talk it about positive? it. With, I don't know. Well, I told the Duke, I'm in the same with you and when, whenever we had practicum students in, I say, are you really sure you want to do this? <laughs> are you Are you sure? Wink, wink, this is the business for you. <laughs> oh, man, but uh, true testament, you've uh, outlasted uh, many and your career is thriving. 
You're one of the top Thank dogs you. going. So I was just trying to <laughs> think, you. like, what year was it when you left Edmonton? What year did you leave here? Uh, it was 05. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I'm not flashing late. back. So 06, 07. Yeah. So okay. it's kind of like Edmonton, and then I went to Toronto in 2010. Yeah. So, yeah, 2010. It goes by so fast, buddy. Doesn't it? And yep. he- here you are running the show in Winnipeg. Yeah, thank you. It took me a while, but here I am. Oh, I don't know. You, you, you were all. We, we always had a lot of fun, didn't we, when you were here? Yeah, uh, man, I miss. I like that's one of my favorite parts was coming back to Edmonton. Cause yeah, well, I had such a great time. My wife and I loved. Like we had so many good friends there, and uh, we t- we think about, damn, man, did we make the right choice leaving? But it's easy to think, easier to say that now than it is when you make that decision to go. Yeah, I, I assume it would have been a tough one for you. But now look at you in Winnipeg, and I mean covering the Jets. I mean, I think you've had a, a lot of fun doing this and you've had uh you know it's been rewarding in the sense it's been a good franchise to work with and work for and things yeah. like that so how's it been going yeah, in that sense it, uh you know what i'm kind of like i'll i've worked for a lot of a lot of organizations a lot of companies uh true north is is hands down one of the best I've ever worked for uh they get it they understand what family is all about and um it doesn't it certainly has helped that the team has never been boring uh they've been competitive every year since i've been here and yeah they've had their ups and downs but um you know year in year out you kind of feel like they can make the playoffs so um as an organization i'll never complain uh you know kevin shovel day off is fantastic to deal with uh you know we've had paul maurice here dave lowry uh rick bonus is a gem um and certainly all the assistant coaches that i've I've worked with and then the players too so uh yeah I, i mean we've been lucky uh, that way, um, the, the team has never been boring. So that, that, that's the, one of the best parts it is that, of being here. Uh, Jamie Thomas, WinnipegJets.com, Jets TV, Jets everything. He does it all in uh, Winnipeg as our guest on Sports 1440. What, what was the last uh, little bit like with Rick Bonus leaving Scott O'Neill and taking over? And uh, Did yeah. it sort of galvanize the team a little bit? I think so, and I, I mean, you know, Rick Bonus has been trying to change the cultures in the in the dressing room since he got here to make it more, uh, you know, it's like a family, right? And I'm not speaking to anybody before that or what everything and what anything was like before that, but uh, it, it hit the team hard, right? He's he's such a big part of everything, and um, I will say this, Scott Arneal, um did a fantastic job in in his wake, right? He was doing mm-hmm. essentially the work of two coaches because uh, the Jets didn't fill in that position while Rick was was gone, you know, taking care of his wife Judy. But uh, I, I think it rattled people a bit. Um, it certainly rattled Rick, right? It's not, you know, Judy has been such a big part of his life. Yeah. Uh, she's always with him. Um, you know, you see their family across the league uh, as you go as you travel with them, and um, you could see even when Rick came back. Uh, in Tampa, it was, or sorry, in Florida, it was, you know, yeah. he, he looked pretty shaken talking about the whole ordeal. And, um, but I think you're right. It, it galvanized the team. They, they really played well in his absence um, and uh, continue to do so. And I know they've lost two in a row, but either lost to Nashville and or Dallas, you can't, you left the building feeling, well, they could have won that mm-hmm. game. It wasn't one of those ones where they played poorly or, you know, man, they got to figure this out. Um, I think they, they put the team in a good place right now. I know they always hear, you know, guys say this is a good dressing room, but I, I, you truly feel it when the players are talking about it. And, you know, it's not, not easy to change things when you come in as a coach and to get things the way you would like them. But I mm-hmm. feel like Rick's got this team pointing in the right direction after some, you know, a real turbulent year last year. Um, certainly they look great through November and then they had their really tough stretch and had to fight to get in the playoffs and they had that game five and mm-hmm. Rick saying what he said after the game and um, you know and Blake Wheeler leaving the organization I think you know they, they think they're all 
you know, a lot of interesting things have happened along the way, but they're in a good place right now. Jets analyst uh, Jamie Thomas, our guest on Sports 1440. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, Charlie Huddywell being there for so many yeah. years as an assistant coach, great guy, obviously went into the Oilers uh, Hall of Fame. And, you know, he was on the show a few times already this year, and one of them was... Love Charlie. Yeah, isn't he salt of the earth? Um, yeah. One of the days uh, that he was on, I think it was the day after that Adam Lowry was named captain, and Charlie, mm-hmm. he said, well, this is just an obvious choice. This is the number one choice, great choice, uh, and, mm-hmm. and it's been a, f- a perfect fit. So just kind of touch on, on Adam Lowry's uh, captaincy there. You know, like I I know Edmonton and Winnipeg are different, and uh, 100%, but there is that blue-collar essence to both cities, right? And Adam Lowry is that. Um, you know, he's, he's, his girlfriend is from Winnipeg. Uh, you know, I think the consistent thing we've seen is, like, you just know what you're going to get from Adam every time he steps on the ice and a gem off the ice. Great to deal with from a media perspective. But the whole thing is, is he a leader? And, you know, I spoke to Mark Lamb, who coached Adam in Swift Current, right? And he, he Adam was a, uh, the captain of the Swift Current Broncos before he departed for the American Hockey League after being drafted for the by the Winnipeg Jets. And he just said that at that time I knew he was captain material. I knew he was the, he was a, as a leader. He was born leader. And it just you see it every day, right? It's just uh, the players believe in him. Uh, he'll have your back no matter what. You know, it's well documented the fight he had with Ryan Reeves last year when the Minnesota Wild were taking liberties with the Jets star players in the second to last game of the year when the Jets clinched a playoff spot. And you know he doesn't even hesitate to do that. So he's that guy that you will follow anywhere because of the person that he is and the player that he is on the ice. And Winnipeggers really relate with Adam Lowry and. I think you really saw what it meant to the city on opening night when they put the Florida Panthers in the, in the home opener and the, the, the ovation that Adam got when yeah. he stepped on the ice being named uh, as being named the captain, right? So uh, it, it was clearly the, it was the right choice to me, and that is no offense to Mark Shifley and Josh Morrissey, both great players, both great leaders in their own right, but Adam Lowry is a true-born leader in my opinion. And um, I think he went through a tough time. Uh, when his dad was the, the coach here, you know, Dave had said he didn't want, he didn't come to Winnipeg to coach the Jets. He came there to coach with Paul Maurice. And uh, I think he rode through a tough time in that aspect. So it was, uh, he's the right choice. Uh, you see it with the way the team plays day in and day out and the way that they operate. The team is having fun. Um, but they know when time, when it's, when it's time, business is, it's time for business. Yeah. It's time for business. Yeah. And uh, I that's all falls in the leadership that Adam Lowry portrays day in and day out. Jamie Thomas, Winnipeg Jets analyst, is our guest on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Uh, hey, JT, how close is uh, Gabe Velarde to returning yeah, to the lineup? Uh, yeah, great question. Uh, he's been skating for the last two weeks and had the, you know, the old gold or yellow non-contact jersey there for a bit, but it came off on the road trip, and you're wondering where it was. But the big issue is, buddy, is he's – He's been working through a couple of braces, and mm. he says he's a little OCD. He said this yesterday. He's a little OCD about, you know, your equipment. We're all we all have our own tendencies. He clearly does not like wearing a brace, but has to. Um, that's what has been the main issue. It's not about the knee. It's just getting used to this this brace underneath your equipment, um, and that's kind of what's been holding him back. So the idea is that the hopeful that he will play tonight. Um, oh. And Rick Bone has said to d- yesterday that you know they're going to start him out slow. Um, he played on the in line rushes yesterday in practice is with David Gustafson and Morgan Barron on the fourth line, which is the right thing, right? You just yeah. can't throw him into a game against the Edmonton Oilers on the top line and be playing 20 minutes a night. You have to see where he's at. Now, mind you, they do have him 
on the first power play in practice yesterday, the last couple of days. Hmm. So he said they want to bring him along slowly, and he looks like if he's fitting in, he they'll they'll push up his minutes. But Velarde pointed out yesterday, you know, these guys are all twenty games in. I'm not. I'm I played I played essentially two games, three games, um, and that and the real is the realistic thing part here is. It's not he's not going to be at that speed right away. Everybody's ramping up now, you know, because we're in the, the meat of the season. Um, so the the hope is that he plays tonight. Uh, we'll find out a little bit later. Out, of course, at uh, I believe Rick's been talking about ten fifteen Central okay. Time. So we'll find out about that time if, if it's if it's happening. Jamie Thomas with us on uh, Sports fourteen forty. Is that the best trade that uh, Kevin Chevaldeoff has ever made? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I you know what, man? It just I he gets so much grief, <laughs> but. I just think that he hasn't been, been you know, teams try to take advantage of certain situations and he doesn't back down, right? There's that whole conversation over the yeah. summer, Connor Hellebuck or Mark Shifley. His immediate response before his final media availability was those leave massive holes in our organization if we decide to trade one or both those players. Mm-hmm. And you don't find top centermen everywhere. You don't find number one goaltender on the, on the tree out in your backyard. So the fact that he held firm and made sure that he committed to keeping both those players, but to the trade... You know, for them to get three forwards to go right into your lineup and a second-round pick on top of that for Pierre-Luc Dubois, you know, it's him taking advantage of, of you know, of the Los Angeles Kings' urgency to win a Stanley Cup, right? Mm-hmm. That they, you know, they've been knocked up by the Oilers the first the last two years. Um, they feel they're close. They need another centerman to eventually take over for uh, Andre Kopitar yeah. and Pierre-Luc Dubois. Um, but for them to, you know... You lose Gabriel Velarde and you plug Alex Iofalo on top line with Kyle Connor and Mark Shifley, yeah. and he fits like a glove. Uh, now Rasmus Kapari is out, but he's your fourth line center, and you're trying to figure out what you have. Yeah. But to get four, three guys, buddy, to put them right in your lineup mm-hmm. for one player is, I think, larceny in my opinion. And uh, we'll find out. You know, Velarde is is so talented. Um, he's worked his way through back injuries. Uh, but I think what they have is a big, big, big player that's hard to move and fits in perfectly on that top line with two gifted players and Shifley and Connor. And uh, eventually, obviously, the hope is that he gets back up there. And, and of course, they need him on their power play because they have a lot of skill, clearly, on the, on the number one power play, but they don't have that guy that's going to stand in front of the net on that top unit or knows when to leave or when to get in front of the goaltender's eyes. Uh, they have a lot of guys that like to be on the perimeter and, and because of their size and the way they play the game. But Gabriel Velarde, I think, is going to be a big uh, elixir for that top power play unit that's been up and down all year long. Yeah, just for our listeners, so it was Aya Fallow, Gabe Velarde, yep. Rasmus Kapari, and a second rounder for Pierre-Luc Dubois, who's having a good season so far uh, yeah. in L.A. So, uh, But, I mean, again, a great trade for uh, Kevin Cheveldayoff. Uh, there's no question about that. Jamie Thomas, our guest on Sports 1440. When uh, Chevaldeoff did sign um, Hellebuck and Shifley to the contracts, uh, I mean, yeah. Jets Nation must have been just just over the moon with those two signings. Yeah, and it, I think a lot of that is, you know, that ties into people feeling like somebody doesn't want to be here, right? And I, I don't, either player didn't say they didn't want to be here. Now, Connor Hellebuck was saying that he wanted mm-hmm. to win a Stanley Cup. So that was the message throughout the year from Kevin Chevaldeoff and the management and ownership is we're trying to win here, and we want you to be a part of this for a long time. I don't think Connor Hellbuck ever wanted to leave. I think he wanted to make sure the organization's commitment was to winning. And I don't ever recall Mark Shifley saying he didn't want to be here either. Mm-hmm. So I've, I, it, I don't want to say it surprised me, bud, but it was like I, I thought Connor Hellbuck was on his way out 
for, mm-hmm. uh, for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that they've you know sat down and committed to saying we're going to keep winning, trying to win here, uh, I think that was what it was. And uh, Helly loves loves to fish. She loves to hunt, <laughs> um, and that, that's all right here uh, in in Manitoba. So he's an outdoors guy. And Randy Carlisle came on my podcast one time and said, "Hey, if you're an outdoors person, you like to fish, yeah. you like to hunt. Winnipeg's a great place." And that's what Connor Hellebuck is. So. Uh, and Mark Shifley has repeatedly said he grew up loving Steve Eisman. What does Steve Eisman do? Played with one organization his whole life. So that this is the opportunity that Mark Shifley has. But to your to your point, yeah, it's it, it got Jess Nation very excited. Uh, the team erupted when both players announced that they were staying. So it's you know again going back to what Shovel Dayoff had said. That's two big big holes to fill. Uh, regardless of what you get back for either one of those players. And I remember Darren Dreger saying after the Pierre Luc Dubois trade, the Jets were not going to that the return would not be as big for either one of those mm-hmm. players, which which is hard to believe um, um, at that point after at the draft. So uh, Jets Nation thrilled, uh, the dressing room was thrilled, mm-hmm. and I think the the, the the organization has you know the way they've played this year has shown what both those players mean uh, in this organization and how big of a hole clearly it would be to fill if those guys were, were gone. Well, you know what, JT, the next time you talk to Connor Hellebuck, you have to mention this. We had Shane Doan on yesterday with uh, yeah. co-host David Schlemko. For, yeah. uh, he was on a long time. For about, I don't know, seven minutes he talked about when he was on Man Tracker, that show Man Tracker. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's all yeah. he wanted to talk about. So I think Connor yeah. Hellebuck would be perfect for that show. Yeah, and so would Alex Iafalo. The guy doesn't apparently doesn't even watch TV. So, and, and again, this is one of the. He's already been uh, camping since oh. he got here. Like it's just uh, that there are certain people who like to be outdoors. I am not one of those people. <laughs> I do not appreciate being cold or uh, the bugs. Uh, that makes me a softy, of course. But uh, I, the, Alex Iafalo and Connor Hellebuck, I agree. Those are two perfect players for man trackers. So oh. uh, I'll make sure I bring that up. Bring right that there. up for sure, JT. Yeah. Uh, uh, so do those guys yeah, like? Do they do ice fishing and stuff, a lot of that in the winter? Yeah. Then? What do they do? Yeah, yeah, yes, they do. Um, so it's, you know, I think Dustin Bufflin was a big yeah. part, you know, big part of that as well, and, and Hellebuck used to go with him a lot. Um, but now to have Alex Iafalo in the mix, I think, is, is big for Connor Hellebuck as well, because yeah. apparently you don't like to do that stuff by yourself too often. Why don't you go do a story, go with these guys, <laughs> take a camera and go out in a shack with these guys? Yeah, you just want me to humiliate myself by freezing and going, is this over yet? Because that's all I'll do. Where are the fish? Do you know how to bait a hook? <laughs> I think I put, my dad took me fishing when I was 12, uh, and I went another time when I was about 28 yeah. in Lethbridge. Okay, uh, yeah. It, yeah, it's 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 not enjoyable, my friend. It's not it's not for me. I <laughs> think you would be great in an ice shack. Like there, you 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 would just be perfect in there. <laughs> with like four poop, like four jackets on, a couple yeah. of toques. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, sitting like right by the bed. fire. You'd be right yeah. by the fire in the in the shack. <laughs> I think that would be a fabulous story for you to do. Kelly, <laughs> we have no Wi-Fi out here. What is going on? What am I going to do? i got to uh, make a chase to my fantasy football lineup. Let's go. Uh, just a quick one on tonight's game. What do you expect? I mean, the Oilers seem to have turned things around. Connor McDavid's humming along. So what do you expect? Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 where the Jets are... are, are really playing and humming along right now is their five-on-five play. And I, I feel like the Jets have done a pretty good job over the years of defending McDavid and Dreisaitl in five-on-five. Five. Uh, the penalty kill is is a work in progress mm-hmm. right now. Um, so uh, if if the Jets stay out of the box, it will be very beneficial to them. But it will be 
These games, man, I, I love them. They're high event games after the game. I don't know if Dallas has been in town to Edmonton yet, but that is not great hockey to watch at all. It's like it's a sl- <laughs> it's a snore fest. So I expect uh, a lot of high, you know, a lot of opportunities, a lot, and uh, not so much a high scoring game, but a high event game. And I think the fans are ready for that uh, tonight. With the and I'm glad the Oilers have turned things around because as much as people here don't like the Oilers, it's it's kind of boring when they're not playing well. And yeah, the league's better when the Oilers are going. Yep. We, I, mean, I think you're the, the same boat. We want to just see the Canadian teams do well. Yeah, you know. yeah. It's it's because of the the media coverage. It's just it's awful to watch. You know, people being snippy, oh. and it's it's really hard because uh, we've been we've covered this game for such a long time. Mm-hmm. It is way more fun when the when the home team is doing well. Sure, they may not win a Stanley Cup, but it's just better when they're competitive and you, you think they can win every night than having to answer questions of what's wrong and what has to change because blowing things up is not the answer. Just ask San Jose. Mm-hmm. Look how long it's taken Ottawa to get things in place. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, blowing things up is not the answer, in my, in my opinion, anywhere you know, with these teams that have the talent that they have on them. You talk about being snippy. How about doing TV for 33 years and then saying, hey, you know what, let's try this radio thing. And, yeah, the, and yeah. the Oilers have the, the worst start going and yeah. people are coming in for four hours every morning with venom and toxicity. Yeah, yeah. therapy is needed for anybody that works in this business oh, with man. a losing, a losing team to cover. But uh, the Edmonton Oilers are not a losing team. And I give uh, Jeff O'Neill, O'Dog credit and, and uh, TSM because mm-hmm. he was saying how ridiculous it all was. And I think we all knew it. I think we all knew that eventually this was going to turn around. Um, I'm sure just Jets fans are, are hoping that it's not going to turn around fully for the Oilers here this evening. We sure would like to see you come back to this neck of the woods for a little bit, JT. Yeah. Are you coming uh, back at all for a visit? Is there any room at 1440? Like there is many, room. Like, uh, We've got room there, right here. Like how many holes? Is there a midnight show that I could probably do? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. You. How, yeah. How about uh, our 12 to 6 shot? Right there. <laughs> hey, kids. I'm going back on the air <laughs> at midnight. It'd just be like the old days. We'd be meeting at No Burns and all these places, you know, whatever, right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, if you have room in the, you know, when you guys, when I'm sure sponsorship rates are real high right now, um, let me know if I can fit in beside you these days. Okay, thanks, buddy. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Good talking yeah. to you. It's been too long. Yeah, it's always great talking to you, my man. I'm glad you've uh, figured out this radio thing. I knew you'd figure it <laughs> Not out. Not yet, so. yet. We'll see what happens. <laughs> thanks, buddy. <laughs> okay, man. See you, KK. Yeah, that's Jamie Thomas, Winnipeg Jets analyst. Just uh, salt of the earth, good guy. And the Puck Report brought to you by Fountain Tire. Uh, head to FountainTire.com to check out their winter tire lineup and brand offerings. Man, always good to talk. When he was in Edmonton, that's one of the guys you wanted to, you know, whatever the media um if you were down at at the double e or if you were down at oilers or or whatever you were covering he was one of the guys that you wanted to just sort of kind of rub shoulders with and say how's it going because a big smile always on his face positive attitude uh did his job well and just enjoyed it just enjoyed it being out talking to guys and and not afraid to laugh at at, at himself or others and and that's how how it is and that's how you have to be in this business for sure uh one 1440 we'll get to some of your texts plus we'll have some sound from the oilers uh, yesterday as they departed for winnipeg what do we got duke are we gonna go with uh sammy gagne or are we gonna go with ryan nugent hopkins it's a plethora oh, of maybe choices. we'll uh, we'll spin the wheel and see which one comes out uh, between <laughs> gags and nuge from yesterday's uh, skate all right that's coming up uh after the break on sports 1440 stay with us Oh, the Duke comes through with uh, Diana, B.A., written for 
the People's Princess, I believe. No, just I have no idea if it was or not. But it sure, it sure is a good story if it is. Um, there were those crazy rumors out there about that too that they were together. Do you don't remember? Really? That? I think there were. Texas, if you remember that one eight three three four zero one. Rumors that Brian Adams and Princess Brian Diana Adams were and Princess Diana. Entangled. She had a little infatuation with him. Who didn't? With Brian Adams or at Princess the, Diana? Well, both probably at that time. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I two mean, biggest, two biggest names was, on the planet. She was big time. There's no question about that. We were talking about trades in the Pierre Luc Dubois trade today in 2005. Duke, if you recall, uh, Joe Thornton was traded from uh, Boston to San Jose. Now you talk about trades. That trade was for Wayne Primo, Brad Stewart, and Marco Sturm. Yikes! A lot of people went. I didn't even know he was on the block. Oilers in uh, Winnipeg tonight. Ryan Nugent Hopkins on the year. Nugent Hopkins. Five goals, 13 assists, 18 points. He would be the first to tell you that he's got a little bit more that he can give. A little more that we can see from RNH. And yesterday, before the team departed for Winnipeg, he had this to say. Quick, uh, just to kind of put a capper on last night. Uh, I mean, despite them getting that late rally, uh did you feel pretty good about that that overall game last night? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, it was definitely one of our, if not our best full games, obviously. Um, they get the two late, but um, I thought we did a great job all game. Um, uh, Stewie made the saves when we needed him to, and uh, I thought just the way that uh, we worked back. Um, the forwards were working back, D were standing, we were putting pucks behind their D, making it tough on them, uh, and just built a game out of that. Uh, I thought that's uh, the recipe that... Uh, um, we're going to need to, to continue to do to have success. Ryan, there's the defensemen have talked that the one big thing Paul Coffey has really emphasized is get the puck and get it quickly to the fours. And have you noticed a significant difference in the puck getting to you in the forward group quicker in more spots? Um, yeah, I think it's some, something that we talk about a lot is just um, moving pucks up as quick as possible, not letting teams get uh, in their forecheck. And uh, it comes down to the forwards too, getting in good spots for them. And um, uh, I think it's important to, especially against good ozone teams. I mean, just getting the puck out of the zone as quick as you can, and not let them get set up, and then uh, uh, make it tough for them coming through the neutral zone. So, I think the D have done a great job lately of uh, moving it up quick to us. And um, like I said, it, it does come down a lot to forwards getting into the right spot. A little bit of a mini bye week almost <clears throat> after uh, the game tomorrow night. So just. A little uh, even more incentive, you know, you get the two days off afterwards, but a, a big game against a team that's playing quite well. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's always a, a, a tight checking game against these guys, so uh, I have to prepare for that. And I think a good, good start tomorrow is uh, definitely important. Um, and like you said, I mean, uh, we got four or five days off, so nothing to say before. Do you remember the first time you met Sam Gagne? Uh, wow, the very first time, I don't know. Uh, probably just in the room, but uh, we we were roommates my, my second year, so uh, and Justin Schultz, so uh, definitely have known him for a long time, and uh, happy for him when he uh, he puts one in like that, and uh, you can you can tell the energy in the in the crowd, and, uh, uh, he gets bumping a little bit. Can you take us back a little? Like you were the first overall pick, and man, they were going to win a cup within five years with you. Uh, Sam was here already, and he was a high draft pick, and you guys were leaders on that team. Did, you know, lots gone under the bridge since then. I guess. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I, uh, I mean, obviously, those the Rexall days and uh, first first couple of years. Uh, 
Um, team was team was struggling a little bit, and uh, we, we started to figure it out a little bit. But uh, yeah, I mean, we've we've played a lot of years together, and uh, like I said, uh, we're roomies uh, back in my second year, and. Uh, I remember his his eight point night pretty pretty clear too. I was up, up in the stands actually watching them, and uh, so yeah, it's definitely some uh, good times in the past with Sam. How has this game changed? Um, I mean, I think he's. Uh, I mean, obviously his his skill level is uh, has stayed the same. I, I think the. Um, Obviously, uh, he's an older guy in the league, so he's got to put a lot of work into it, and he definitely does on and off the ice. And uh, I know he tries to improve his game every chance he can. And um, I mean, uh, he can keep things simple. He can play solid defensively, and I think that's an important role that uh, uh, we need from him. He's scored a lot of goals. And- the one thing he's never really lost is there's that exuberance every time he scores. There's something to maybe, you know, to learn from a guy who kind of, hey, every goal is exciting and you should get excited. Like, it's, it's still a fun game at the end of the day. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's uh, it's exciting for us to, to see him uh, kind of uh, get fired up for uh, for his goals, too. And, uh, I mean, I, like I said before, he puts, puts a lot of work into it on and off the ice. So, uh, obviously, you're going to be excited. And, uh, when you when you put one in, and, uh, I know that uh, what's important for him is helping the team out any way he can. So um, yeah, it's, it's definitely fun to, to see him get fired up and we get fired up on the bench. So, so, so do you guys call him Papa Oiler, or is that just? <laughs> no, no, we haven't brought that in yet, but uh, maybe that'll be the next nickname. <laughs> yeah, Papa Oiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and again, talking a lot about Sam Gagne and uh, his journey, where he is with the Oilers, where he was, and where he could be, maybe tonight in the lineup again. But again, Zach Hyman did make the trip to Winnipeg. Uh, when we come back, top of the hour, Frank Saravalli and Mark Spector. So Frank will join us at 8.20, as he always does on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Mark Spector, every day at 8 o'clock on the mark. Before all that, it's time now for a Sports 1440 update brought to you by First Round. Wear an NFL jersey tonight to the West Edmonton Mall location right here in WEM, and you'll get 50% off wings. Here's the Duke, Delburn, Brandon Douglas.